Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. There it is. It's another Monday, which means it's another time to talk about a Sunday fish show. You don't get many of these throughout the year. What with fish playing 35 shows a year, you get like four or five Sunday shows. But it's a really special thing, something we cherish. We look at as a high holiday. Um, I clear my kids out of my schedule every single Sunday in hopes that fish plays a Sunday fish show. And last night they did. And they played one at Meriwether Post Pavilion. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. My name is Brian Brinkman. I'm here with Megan, RJ, Jonathan. We are going to talk 
about Fish's Sunday night show at Meriwether Post Pavilion, plus potentially a bit about the Raleigh and Meriwether night one shows and how they fared along with this. We are going to be joined here shortly by two esteemed guests. They've been on before and we've let them on again, which is saying more about them than us. It's Patrick Hickey and Kevin Hogan. You can find Patrick on Twitter at PT Hish. 2016. I always have to say that three times in my head before I say it out loud. And Kevin Hogan can be found on Twitter at Radiator9987 plus through the Wook Plus channels. Before we get to them, though, RJ, you were at the show last night. You were in the pit. I've seen a picture of you soaking wet from what I presume is the rain, although you do dance heavily. So I, I'm curious if that may have been because of the karate chops. But how are you feeling today? How are you feeling after the weekend? I feel great. I'm great. Um, I'm tired, you know, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, I don't have much to complain about, but I but I will say when I was, I kept trying to join you guys on Saturday to talk about Raleigh and I kept dropping out because I drove seven hours and it was horrendous. And then I went to the show on Saturday and last night I went and I drove home two hours in the rain after, but I slept in, I slept in my house last night. I didn't sleep in my bed because I didn't want to wake up my wife. So I slept in the guest room, move. but it's still, it was wow. nice to wake up at home. Um, and it's uh man, it's been a, it's been a long, long road. Um, but I'm, I'm happy. You know, one of the things about, well, a couple of things, first of all, my wife, Rachel, who I think all you guys know, she's like. I took my oldest daughter down to Raleigh and then she drove back up with me to Meriwether. But my wife basically had all of our kids for, you know, four or five days. And I just feel very lucky that I can like do this kind of stuff and that I'm still married. And she seems to be in a pretty good mood today, which means like, you know, I didn't ruin anything permanently, which is just, it's good news. Um, (laughs) Right on. But also like, you know, when you get exhausted from these shows, like part of the the, the, the plus side of being exhausted is then you get to like, I get to have several nights of like going to bed early and sleeping mm-hmm. well and waking up feeling refreshed. And then by the time the next fish shows run, you know, come around, I'll be ready to be exhausted again. But I like the process of like recovering and, and feeling better. So that that's where I am today. It was a longer answer than you were looking for. No, it was the appropriate <laughs> amount of answer that I was looking for, actually. It was both detailed, and it kind of went off the rails, but it found its way back. So thank you so much. That is a good podcast answer right there. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm already thinking about the way that I'm going to feel when I get on my flight to fly home after Alpine Valley and have to go straight to my son's first grade orientation and be like, you know, a parent. And none of the parents there are going to know that I went to a three-day hippie fest in the middle of Wisconsin. And I'm going to have to like be on. Only the cool, there is one cool parent. They've got a Billy string stick on the back of their car. They've also got a, my other car is a second set tweezer bumper sticker. We've connected about a few things. Yeah. You're like, I see you. I'm going to be like, hey, you know why my eyes are heavy, like why I'm just like slowly going through this process. But um, Megan, Jonathan, we hung out yesterday pre-show. We all, I think, called some songs that were played last night. It was um, slightly predictable in that manner, but in a really fun way because it was a lot of really good songs that were played. But how are you guys doing uh, coming off of the weekend? Pretty good. Wish I wasn't working, but uh, such is life. Um, glad to be here with you guys. Uh, the Santos, you could really see that like miles away. Shout out to Madi, who's also also did the last three shows, and a good friend of mine, and he's beat. 
I hear you. This is a good point from Ben. Always take at least a day off after a three or four mm. show run. I'm too old to go back to life right away. You know, <laughs> so true. This, this is such a good point. It's also the type of thing that you're like, you think about in advance and you're like, well, I've got that thing that day after that I have to be there for. Maybe if Fish is still playing when I'm retired and my kids are out of the house, I'll be able to do that. Um, That's kind of the life I'm living right now because my kids are at sleepaway camp and I'm off because I'm a teacher. So, I've got the house to myself. It's just me and my dog. We're like recovering. I'm sleeping in, waking up when I want. Not trying to rub this in, but it's kind of nice. I got to tell you. You know, my biggest responsibility is just listening to the show, being on the pod. It's It's good stuff. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And also, Megan, great job driving the train yesterday. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thanks. That was really fun. You did an amazing job. You did an amazing job. You are putting a real strong – I think that we should be hiring more teachers on the basis that you will be able to experience <laughs> summer tour in its fullest plus send your kids to sleepaway camp if you become a teacher. So yeah, and more send your kids to sleepaway camp like the second half of the summer because that's usually when Fish does like a lot of its heavy touring. So this that's has good. just been amazing. And like you, RJ, I'm somehow managing to stay married, so I must be walking the line right. <laughs> Just I mean, we, the credit card bill down. hasn't come through yet, so we'll see about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, for now, it's okay. We will talk about our fish financial planning on our next <laughs> no. podcast that comes up at 3 o'clock. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Fish Money Talks. But before we do that, we do have to tell you all, we're, we're all – at that point in summer tour, whether or not we've been on tour, whether or not we're about to go on tour, where we are thinking about energy and being exhausted. They have not played energy yet, so I'm not giving a hint there. But we are thinking a lot about one of our, some of our favorite people in the world who are also happen to be the sponsor for the show, which is Passion House Coffee. Here at Osiris, we are powered by a few things. Music, you all know this. We're about to talk about music a lot, but also coffee. We're drinking Passion House constantly. I am currently drinking in this mug some Passion House Ocean of Osiris. What is Ocean of Osiris? Well, it is our own blend with Passion House. They made a blend of coffee for us. It's amazing. Please visit Passion House Coffee to get some of this and some of their other coffee today. And I can tell you from personal experience, all their coffee is incredible. Use the code OSIRIS, O-S-I-R-I-S, for free shipping on every order. In addition to free shipping that comes with Passion House when you use the code OSIRIS, we also have a contest that is running with Passion House all summer tour. For every Fish show, we will be giving away bags of Ocean of Osiris coffee every time Fish plays an ocean song. Every time you hear an ocean song, tag at Osiris Pod as well as at Passion House Coffee. If you're watching the show, it's right on the screen there. You guys got it. Tag us on Twitter. Use the code hashtag Ocean of Osiris. We will be giving away two. Uh, we will be picking two winners at random each show. So you enter each show, you have a chance to win free coffee. We have two winners here today. We are very, very excited to announce Mr. Bruce Warren, who can be found on Twitter at Brucey Warrens, which I really appreciate when people use their full names in that manner on Twitter. They kind of like have like a nickname that goes along with it. Uh, congratulations, Bruce Warren, as well as Chris, who's on Twitter at TOF1010. 
21. We will be in touch with you guys to make sure that we get you your Passion House Ocean of Osiris coffee. Amazing stuff, but enter enter throughout the whole summer. It's a, it's a fun thing. Can I um can I just say something just about Bruce Bruce real quick? Please. Um Bruce is part of this you know, this cult that we're part of, this fish cult. I mean, I'm part of another cult, which is a fish fan Peloton cult. And he, he's also a member of this. So I've gotten to to talk with him um, about, about that cult. So you can keep going levels deeper with the, with this, with this cult. I just want to tell you guys that. And Bruce, I hope you like the coffee. At some point you'll go clear and everything will be, everything will make sense. But you know, the cult just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. Fish, Fish all the way Peloton. down. All- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so very, very excited for Bruce and Chris there. Um, we also want to tell you about a few upcoming live events that we have. We have a lot happening here in the next like three or four weeks here at Osiris. First and foremost, Fish is coming to Atlantic City this weekend. Oh my God. You can get your fish tickets at osirispod.com slash AC. Go ahead and get those tickets if you haven't already. We are also giving away tickets. We will be giving tickets away tomorrow. I know it says on the screen here today, but tomorrow on the live show, which is kind of the brethren show of HF Pod, where we talk about live music, we will be giving away three-day passes for fish in AC. You can RSVP uh, to those events by... um, I'm going to tell you about our live events here at the Anchor Rock Club here in a second. But if you RSVP to our free events with a screenshot, we we'll, um, and that you can find the link there at OsirisPod.com/slash Osiris Live, we'll be announcing winners tomorrow. And with that in mind, we have two events coming up this weekend at the Anchor Rock Club, two to four p.m. both days. Saturday, August sixth, we'll be doing an HF Pod recap of Night One. RJ, Megan, you see them on the screen. You want to see them in person. I promise that you do. I've never met Megan in person, but I've got to imagine like everything that she emanates on screen is that much better in person. RJ is one of the best people to see a fish show with or to see to see before a fish show or like just in passing. It's just a lot of energy, hugs, karate chops, big kicks. Always hands you a free beer. He's got, he's just awesome. Um, Free beer. Excellent not- dancer too. I feel like you're playing his dancing down a little bit, Brian. Gonna say you're about to <laughs> cost. RJ How do you a put magic? In- I was gonna say an asterisk. <laughs> not all hugs come with beer. Um, <laughs> how do you put his dancing into into words? It's, it's just magic. You should have brought a poet. But uh, John Barber will also be at that show. He will be playing an acoustic set. Um, should be amazing. And then on August seventh, we will be doing another event at the Anchor Rock Club, two to four p.m. We'll be discussing fish, what's happening on this tour, what's happening on the band in full, uh, with special guests along with auctioning off fish vinyl, posters, shirts, and other hard-to-find memorabilia. This event is sponsored by Tonewood Brewing. You can get your tickets for this at osirispod.com slash osiruslive. RJ, is there anything else you want to say about AC? No, I mean, it's going to be really fun. Megan and I are going to interview my friend John, um, who plays guitar for the Disco Biscuits. He's just written a ton, ton of new songs. They played a bunch this summer, and um, it'll be fun. He's, he's a great, really smart guy, really fun, fun to listen to. Um, and we're also going to do a little recap of the Friday Night Show. So it's going to be fun. Megan and I are going to be steering the ship 
Um, and, and hopefully we don't run it aground, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully there's no shipwreck. Um, it's going to be really fun. Come and find out. Come and find out. It's in my pick five, though. <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys, just, just real quick, there's we're giving away these tickets, and it's so fun to give away tickets to people, you know? I'm, like, sending sending tickets to all these people and everyone's just like it's just it's great so everyone get in on the get in on the contest get in on the fun um before we bring on our esteemed guests who are hanging out backstage just like waiting with bated breath to give us their opinions about uh last night's version of taste i think i think that's what patrick the only thing he wanted to talk about we want to tell you about two additional events (laughs) we have coming up the cooperage Thursday, August 11th, just like 11, 10 days from now, we will be hanging out, RJ and I. You see us in the top and bottom right of the screen here. Um, We'll be talking with Riley Walker. He will be playing a live show. It's all the night before Fish plays Alpine Valley. Three-night run at Alpine Valley. Come out, hang out for a loose, uh, chill night zero with us in Milwaukee. The Cooperage also runs shuttles between their bar and and Alpine Valley. So if you need like a place to figure out how do I get a ride to and from Alpine, it's way out in the farmland. I don't want to drive out there. This is a great place to kind of get settled, grab some good beers, listen to some great music, really good conversation that we're going to have with Riley. You can get your tickets for that at osirispod.com slash Milwaukee. And then finally, 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 the summer will end with Taper's Choice at the Larimer Lounge on August 31st. Jonathan and I, every one of us on the screen is doing some sort of a live event here this summer. It's amazing. Uh, Jonathan and I will be interviewing the dudes from Taper's Choice. Uh, We heard on Friday that Mr. Barack Obama is super into Taper's Choice. And if he's into Taper's Choice, you got to be into (laughs) Taper's Choice. Get your tickets at OsirisPod.com slash Denver. Anything else that we need to say here? Should we bring on our esteemed guests or should we just make them wait? I'm going to bring them on. You guys might want to wake and wait. I'm going to bring them on. Patrick, <laughs> Kevin, welcome to the podcast, guys. How you doing? Great. <clears throat> Fantastic. Awesome. 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 We are really excited to have you guys on here. Um, I guess like the best way to start, Patrick, what shows have you seen thus far this spring, this summer? How, how are you feeling about everything with, with the tour thus far? I feel great. I'm also very tired, putting myself back together. Um, I took an Epsom salt bath this morning. I decided to do that, not live on the pod, but before the pod. Um, <laughs> Even after we advertised that that was happening on the pod, it's okay. We'll talk about that offline. I um, yeah, so I'm going to Florida tomorrow. So I'm also going to spend hours in the Gulf of Mexico tomorrow and try to put myself back together. But so I did, um, I did Bethel last weekend and then MPP this weekend. And Bethel was like, a, I have friends who, you know, are friends, friends forever. One guy I've known since I was five, the other guy since like 14, probably. So we've done a guy's camping trip at, with fish every summer since 2009. Uh, and so I did that with them. And so that was like, we stayed on the Delaware River. My days consisted of taking a tube, walking half a mile that way with a beer, obviously, putting it in the river, floating down for about half an hour, doing it again for about, you know, 10 times or so. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And there was no cell phone service, which was actually great. Um, you know, and it, it actually helped me when I came back. Like the day I came back, I was playing with my kids in the backyard. And, like everything was sort of going wrong. So I was looking at my phone half the time. Like, 
everything went right this weekend because I wasn't looking at my phone half the time and like dividing my attention in this way. So then the next night I put my phone away. We had a lovely soccer game for 45 minutes in the backyard here. And um, so it was good. That was like a really good trip in like the really, you know, like no responsibilities for 72 hours type of trip. And this time kids from when they woke woke up till 2.30 every day and then drove to the concert and then drove home. Um, so there were two very, very different, <laughs> very different things. Yeah, yes. Um, so it was great, very different vibes, but, but wonderful things to do. Right. It's, it's, um, pretty fun to take your kids on a Girl Scouts hike in the morning and then like go to the fish concert at night. So it was a um, nice balance, a, a very, very good experience all around for, um, I have no complaints. Right. So that's probably it until next summer for me. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, how about you? Uh, were, these were, I believe, were these your first shows of the overall summer tour? Had you seen anything this yeah, year yeah. thus far? I went to the man. I was a business. Well, you went to the, the man. man. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. How, so, how, how has and, your summer experience been? Oh, I got a lot of repeats. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe it's in my head from the two, but I think they were all worth it. Repeats. So I can go with that any day of the week. And then I'm going to go out to Dick's. Beautiful. So, will be and I will see you at Taper's Choice. You will see us at Taper's Choice. Really excited about that. Um, yeah, and it's we'll, we'll talk about that from a repeat standpoint because it's very different from what we heard in, in a lot of cases in the spring tour. Um, let's set the table here. Um, we, we have our first segment of the show is the vibe of the show, which is sponsored by our good friends at Section 119 which we, ha- we want to tell you is the premier apparel brand where many fans shop to represent their favorite band in everyday life. With sophisticated designs, epic quality, Section 119 offers donut-inspired button-down shirts, board shorts, dry-fit polos, and hoodies, among many more awesome clothing types. You can use the code on your screen, or if you're listening, Summer 22 for a 20% discount on your next purchase. You are absolutely going to love your new gear. RJ, you saw Raleigh. Meriwether Post 1 and Meriwether Post 2, um, we saw a lot about weather reports in the hours leading up to these shows. It was supposed to be rainy. Tell me what the vibe was like as you were walking into the Sunday night show. Um, well, two things. One, I have to tell you, if, if you guys haven't seen Jake from Section 119, I saw him probably 100 times over the past three days. He's kind of everywhere. He's awesome. He's part of the Baklava crew as well as the Section 119 crew. And he has long hair and a beard. Baklava is good stuff. Yeah. One of the only guys at Fish Shows who has long hair and a beard. So you'll probably recognize him if you see him. But (laughs) I just, Section 119, it's so cool to have them as part of this, you know, this, this broader team because they're, they're just all great. But, um, yeah. My, I had to drive from, from across the Bay Bridge, um, the Eastern Shore to, to the show. And, on the way there, my my lighter thing in my car stopped working, so I couldn't charge my phone. And luckily, my good friend Patrick Hickey, I, the vibe of the show was that I, I met up with Patrick. He immediately handed me a portable charger and a beer. And and his friend, who's one of the vendors, they both, they've been on Undermine. They had a tent, so I got shelter, a beer, and a phone charger immediately when I saw Patrick. And that really set the vibe for the show for me. Nice. It was great. It was kind of sparse, you know, because it was it was rainy. But I think we had an okay time, Patrick, out there. Yeah, it worked. That worked out perfectly. I'm glad it, it all worked out. It's funny. I was um, thinking this at the end of the show. Like, I really care more about like 
finding you and like giving you a phone charger and a beer than like what songs fish plays. Like, I don't care. Like it's more than <laughs> really, like find you and hang out with you. And then my other friend. Um, so that was great. Yeah. And it was, it was fortuitous. We didn't plan it, but it was, it started raining right as we were at my friend's tent. Um, so we had, you know, we were, we were under the tent and they um, gave me a, a gem for each child. So my children were very, very excited. That was, Priority number one yesterday was going to see my friends and also getting trinkets for my children. Um, so they're like, oh, like I came, I told my daughter, I was like, I'll get you a gem from my friend. I promise. Like I'll bring a gem back from the fish show. <laughs> Sunday morning she woke up and the first thing she said was like, do you have my gem? And I was like, no, it's like, I've got to get you a gem. <laughs> this morning, actually, she told me it was 7.45. So she was waking me up. It was actually 6.45. Um, but that was also the first thing she asked this morning if I had the gem. Uh, so, so she get, she got her gem, uh, and that yeah that worked out really well. And then as soon as RJ left, um, I randomly not randomly but my a very very good friend of mine who I met the same time I met RJ in the DC area in 2003, uh, but they don't know each other because I met him like one month and you know three months later became good friends with RJ. But he parked right in the parking garage where we were, so I went and said hello to him. And we literally turned the corner and ran into good friends of mine from when I lived in West Virginia and realized that the friend from West Virginia had given the friend who I met in D.C. and is now in Colorado had sold uh, Dick's three-day pass to him last, um, last year. So somehow I got a text from one guy that was like, hey, I have an extra Dick's three-day pass if you know anyone. And then a text from another guy was like, hey, are you coming to Dick's? I need tickets. And I was like, oh, I can make this happen. Um, match like, made in heaven right there. And so – that was sort of what my day was like. It was just very, very nice hanging out with friends. You know, I love Sunday at MVP, and I love it for that reason. You know, I tried to get there around four. So I, we got there a little later the night before, but I tried to get there to just be able to relax and, and calm down. So it was it was nice. It was fun. The, the, the rain definitely also chilled it out a little bit, too, because it was very windy. The vibe of when you just surrender to the flow like both of you did and just allow the things to happen. Megan talked about this after our Raleigh recap because she was on a party bus. They was going this way and that way and going backwards to pick people up and people who were like, Oh well, yeah, we'll get to the show at some point. And you're looking at your watch. Like it's going to start. I know it's going to start. And she just surrendered, got in, got her beer and got an amazing show. Kev, what was it like for you going, going to this show? Oh, uh, we had, um, we had six cars all in line, 20 minutes. We were there, get to the parking lot too. They let the first car in that I was in because it's a micro bus and everybody else had to park somewhere else. But then we got to put up the pop-up tent. Everybody came by. We had the what plus flag flying and I met 20, 30 people who I've interacted with on Twitter, but have never met in person. So oh, cool, great. And then in the show we had. I guess 10 of us, two people went in early, three blankets down, right on the lawn where the path is in the middle, great sight lines, all my friends, can't go wrong with it. I didn't care about Beautiful. the rain, whatever. You'll dry <laughs> off eventually. Yeah, it's better that than hot, right? Like the other option, like I live here, it's going to be hot or it's going to be raining at this time of year. So. <laughs> There's two places for this to go. Yeah, totally. As Bro. Russ Tab said, the rain was kind of fun yesterday. It looked like everybody was in really good spirits. Like a midsummer storm in Maryland is not going to like freeze you. It's just, you're just going to be wet and you're going to be a little bit muggy, but uh, it's something about that part of the year or that part of the country. We were, uh, um, we were 
praying for that rain on Friday night and didn't get near enough. <laughs> yeah. Rain, honestly. Yeah. You guys were, I remember you saying you guys were a hundred feet one way, a hundred feet the other, you would have been soaked. But, um, let's talk about the first set of this show. So, Go ahead, Patrick. All right. I, I would, in the vibe section, I wanted to make Please. a service announcement today. I, I tweeted about this. Some people are going to need to sit down for this. I, just, I want to say something to the entire fish community. You are not Ooh. in the fucking universe. There's going to be 20,000 other people at the fish concert. They're going to exist whether you like it or not. And you have a choice of you could be nice to them or you could be a turbo douche to them. I would go with nice. Right, so I had this guy next to me. I had like the six bros and two seats situation. Like we can work this out; it's fine. But like, I paid a hundred dollars for this ticket. I'm in the 18th row, dead center. I'm gonna be here, man. Like this is what I came here for. Right? Like I, yeah. I walked my kids to the Girl Scout hike in the morning, and then came here, had a phone charger for our day. Right? It was just like so ridiculous. Right? I was like, could you guys please move over? And the guy did. Then he comes in hot at the beginning of the second set. So, dude, 18, 18, that's our seats. That's the boundary. And I'm like, oh, cool, dude. Yeah, 18, you know, nice and smiley. Pull my phone out of my pocket, pull up my ticket, 18, tap the guy on his shoulder, smile at him and say, that's my seat. <laughs> Just like my space. See, <laughs> 18 is my seat. Like, I don't know why he picked 18 or whatever, but it's just like, come on, man, we don't need to do this. Like, I'm going to be here. You're going to be there. And we can be friends or enemies. Right. <laughs> like, why did you pick enemy? <laughs> like, we could have been friends or we could have been enemies. And you decided to pick enemy. Why? Um, so if you're one of those people, I'm sorry, other people exist. Four seats do not magically appear in the pavilion when your four bros come down for your, you know, your two tickets. And like, I'm not going to the back of the lawn because Sammy's here. Right. Like, I'm sure Sammy's a great guy, but like, I want to, I came here to watch this fish concert. I think the rule applies here that like we've all, and I'm going to assume this out the gates. We've all invited friends without pavilion tickets into the pavilion. As Megan goes, no, we're invited ourselves. ourselves. I think the rule applies that if you find a row where there's nobody in it or there's limited seats, you're totally cool to do that. If you sneak a bunch of people in and you're like you, it's on you now to like, shrink and and figure out how how you hang so that you gotta you gotta find a way to fit or you gotta bounce yeah. like the people who see yeah. that is you know There's this is a very good somewhere this is a very good psa as fish is about to play on a beach with no seats but i appreciate it. no no <laughs> yeah. I, I i i'm i'm right there with you thank yeah, you my so bad ass is gonna be in c18 you figure the rest of it out and like either be nice or don't but like Thankfully, you know, he, 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 he was put in his place or whatever and it was fine. But then, you know, you get do this for five minutes to try to fuck with someone. And I got to like, you know, it's just, just be nice to people. It's not that. I'm implying that they played contact. I So let's jump into this. I, it's a very good, that's a very important PSA. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> So set one, let's dive into this. And we're going to dive into this from a highlight standpoint so that we can all kind of share. Because I think that there were multiple highlights in this set, first set. This was very different to me from like the Raleigh set where it was like, if you found something aside from the rise come together, it was like, wow, like you were listening with different ears than 99% of people. This had like highlights scattered in such a cool way. Uh, a Wave of Hope, 
Dog stole things, ace DC bag into sparkle and back on the train, mull and foam into ghost. Um, RJ, you were, I don't know, 27 feet away from Mike Gordon's <laughs> electric pants. Um, tell me, what was the highlight of set one for you? I, t- I texted you guys last night that John Fishman was playing drums in my face so loudly. I thought it was incredibly rude of him. Aggressively. It's like, <laughs> why are you playing those drums so fast and loud? Just um, to um, quiet it down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, first of all, like I, I don't go down to the pit very much. And um, it, it it's very stressful. It's like, similar to what you're saying, Patrick, except... You know, it's like you go down there and then you're like you sit down, and you try to like stretch out your legs and then like a couple of random people show up and stand over your legs. And then like eventually once it starts, it's cool. And we had a group of like 20 people and everyone was just everyone was having a blast. Um, so that was that was really great. Um, yeah, the the wave of hope, you know, that just like taking this new song and and really pushing it hard as an opener, I think is just like a really amazing move and i thought the jam was great and yeah that that like that started it all off for me there's a lot of highlights like you said kind of scattered throughout but that was um that was that was the most notable moment for me it's really amazing i i talked about this actually on kevin's show last night on uh, uh the after fish after show i was like i think this might be controversial for me to say but i'm gonna say it anyway i feel like a wave of hope has entered the like down with disease, Mike song, blaze on everything's right. Territory name light from early 3.0 where they just know how to jam this song. And like, it just, there doesn't sound like there's any effort when they play this song. Now it's just, here's the song. And then immediately they find a way out of it. They're totally feeling it. Um, do, do you guys agree with that? Like, do you hear that when this song starts now, it just is like, all right, we're getting like a big jam out of this. Yeah, there's a sense of authority when they come out, and it's a great opener, like you were saying, RJ, and just, they sound, yeah, effortless, and it's triumphant. It has, you know, I don't care what people say. These lyrics are actually really good. You know, you don't like hope, people? Like, come on. Like, it's it's hopeful. It's joyful. It's It leads to a great jam. I think as an opener, it's just perfect. It sounded really strong last night. I mean, the whole show did, but it was a great way to kick it off. I agree with that. It is, I think, the lyric is a complete breakthrough for Trey, right, his solo lyrics, because if you look at everything but the chorus, it doesn't rhyme. It reads like a modernist poem like Stevens or Elliot or someone where the word sound is as important as what the words are saying, and I think he just nails it in the performance. It's next level for all Mm -hmm. of the soul songs and everything's right. It's a really good point. And I, I will admit I I did not love these lyrics when I first heard this song. It it sounded very obvious to me. And, and since the song has grown in stature and since I've heard it a lot more, I've thought a lot more about the lyrics. I think you're, you're right. He's, he's speaking from like a real place of kind of vulnerability, but also strength at the same time. And, and he seems like whenever the song was written, he was writing from a place. It it sounds to me like strength and like conviction. And you hear that and you, you hear that in conjunction with this kind of riff that goes behind it. That almost sounds like, um, like an indie punk riff. And like, you can see his head just like kind of bob back and forth. Like he's like leading like a band with like thin ties, just like playing like a great, it's almost like a kink song or something. Um, 
There's strength. In Anyone that else like it? Ha- Go ahead. I said there's strength in that vulnerability. I mean, he can draw from that place and stand up and uh, with the writing and the words and then jam the shit out of it too. I'm all in. Give it to me. Nina. Yes. All, all in. Um, RJ, was that, I'm guessing that that was your highlight of, of the set or was that kind of your, like, were, were there other moments for you? Yeah, I, I was just looking at the set list. I mean, I think the, you know, hearing Maul like jammed out a little bit and in a, in a, not just taking the song structure, I mean, they, they only take like three or four minutes to get into a totally different space, you know, like they're, it's, they're kind of outside of the, the song structure within a few minutes on, on Maul and, and ACDC bag too. It had like a nice <sighs> jam. I was talking to the guy behind me and I was like, this is giving me date in 97 vibes. Like not not as not as funky like but like it just was like a driving jam like right away. I, I was cool thinking Hampton '97. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably more appropriate actually because that that kind of went out there. Um, and then the ghost had this like almost like a a gin. You know, the the set ending bathtub gin is like one of the best things that happens after a at, at a fish show. And this was sort of like that kind of jam to me. It was really really great. So I guess I had a lot of highlights. I think it's one of those sets where you have a lot of highlights. I, I was, I was thinking about this, like Patrick, you talked about how you thought more about like your friends before the show versus like any songs that fish would play. And like, this is one of those sets where like not in a million years would I ever write down the set list and like in like a dream scenario and be like, that's going to be a killer set. And sometimes those are my favorite sets because you have no idea like they shouldn't fit together, but they all fit together in this really unique way, partially because of jamming, because of exploration, um, partially just like the vibe of everything. Um, Patrick, sticking with you, what was your overall highlight of set one? So I, both nights, I like the end of the first set a whole lot. <clears throat> so that was my um, that was my highlights both nights was the end of the first set. Um, in the ghost, so I said to my friend, like, it was a good ghost, right? Like, I feel like they play ghosts more frequently now. But, you know, like Bethel, I think they ended this set with Ghost 2. And yeah. I don't think it was as good, right? I thought the one last night was was a lot better. I love A Wave of Hope. So I was at fake New Year's Eve. I caught COVID with everybody else, um, you know, because I really wanted to get COVID. Um, it's part of the tickets. What's that? It came with the tickets. Yeah. It sure did. <laughs> I think it was $100, but the COVID was free. Um, <laughs> worth it. But I really enjoyed myself. You know, yeah, worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, and so, you know, I really, that song really struck me in that moment too. I mean, obviously with all the lights and everything that they did at, at Earth Day, I guess. Um, so I really liked it as an opener. And I think in general, right, the, the set lists are so different. Uh, I'm sure it's an intentional choice, you know, first tube and stand openers and, and all that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, they, it, it's, it's cohesive somehow, right? I, I think that that's something that, Fish should get credit for if we. I'm not trying to do fish versus Grateful Dead, and I'm sorry, Jonathan. I'm, I'm not going to try to trigger Jonathan here by saying this, but I feel like the Grateful Dead were a little bit more paid by numbers in that, like, the playing in the band was going to be here, drums in space, obviously, like this was going to be here. That and I think Fish shuffles it up a little bit more. So um, I thought that was great. And yeah, the end of the set, um, I'm just looking here. The mall, I think, was actually probably my highlight. In foam, the flub spotters were disappointed, as RJ said. I thought <laughs> they did really, really well, which is always a treat. That was I saw that at my first fish show in 1995, and it's one of those ones where if they play it properly, properly, like only fish can can play a song like that, right? And 
at least from my perspective. So yeah, I thought it was a fantastic set overall. Yeah. You had like song selections like foam that kind of take you out of like your place of just being in the show. Cause it's obviously a rarity for a lot of people to get it. And when they play a song like that, it just like perks your ears up and you obviously want to hear a clean take on a song like that because it is so complex and they sounded like they nailed it. They've played it three times now in the last year, which isn't like any more or less, but it's, it's in this rotation of songs that have been played. There's been so many rarities that have just kind of appeared it. and then they're gone. Yeah. They sound like they're definitely rehearsing it, which is cool. Um, Kev, how about you? What was your big highlight for the set? Oh, I love them all. I really love that. The ACDC, like I said, it definitely had the 97 vibe RJ. Um, the ghost is, I want to love that so much, them going back and closing the ghost and it being a sec because what it was MSG, Bethel, and then last night. So it's becoming more and more of this. I feel like I'm losing something, but I just, you can't go wrong with it as a closer. It leaves you wanting more. It's a perfect closer because you walk away wanting more. It isn't, you right. know, doesn't leave you on a. It's such. It's such an interesting evolution for that song because, you know, that song obviously appears in summer 1997. It's this new great big jam vehicle. It turns a little bit more of a rock vehicle in 3.0 and is now like a fairly expected set closer and they work it really well and they're exploring new ground while still peaking it in the way that they did a lot of ghosts throughout 3.0. I thought last night was a really interesting take on kind of the approach to the same destination that we get with a lot of those first set ghost where like it's going to peak you kind of have a bright key it's going to feel really heroic and then they're going to walk off the stage but there was there was a cool new path that led to there um megan jonathan you both were listening from home and listening back this morning what what stood out for you guys from set one i think overall the flow was really great i think dog stole things in the number two slots like reminds me always of 72197. And to me, it just says like, we're not in a rush tonight. Like we know exactly what we're going to do tonight. And it's going to be great. I don't know. There's just a vibe that that song gives off to me. Jammed out bag. And I never thought I would say that a Mike's song and not like the Mike song, but a song that might be my highlight, but I'm not usually super into Mike's songs, but Mall was so, it's such a good song. And I love what they're doing with it. This one is just Mike's using some like pedal effect. It's got this like 70s, like sexy funk vibe. Just like there was really great listening and interplay between them during this jam. And I love how it ended all spacey. And I thought it was great. That was my highlight. And I thought the ghost too, just tremendous rock and roll peaks. Really great set. Yeah, the fade from Mullen to Foam was such like an expert move. But cool. um yeah, you talk about like it's Mike songs don't. I, I think we're on the same page. Mike songs, I, I they don't always do it for me. I, I've always mm -hmm. said they, they sound like seven or eight songs like smashed together. Yeah. And, hey, we have a new song. Um, Mole though, it seems like just connected with the fan base immediately. There was a great version at the Gorge last year. There's a great version at Deer Creek earlier this uh, in mm. the spring tour. This version obviously took it to another level. It seems like Trey is really comfortable playing this song which speaks volumes you know there was sugar shack sugar uh throughout 3.0 yeah. where you know everyone was counting the beats and counting the notes did he nail the solo right okay no okay well we'll try again next time um 
you know, Yarmouth Road comes and goes. Casual engagement kind of comes and goes. Like Mole seems what happened to be the victim. Song that's like really they busted out victim once in victim 19. was played once. Five fifty five kind of was always there, but never totally caught. I don't know. That's Mole just seems to like really have the vibe. And I will. I will stand up and fight for that song. Um, and okay. we should jam it. No, it's a good song. Jamming it's it, good then everybody would like song. it. Yeah, they should jam. It was it. a good it's jam a on the groove. Uh, it's like uh, Fish's West LA Fadeaway, only fast. Yes. Like oh, the dead, never totally. That's it. a yeah. That's like a perfect comparison. It was a great so. jam off of it on uh, ten twenty eight twenty one. The uh, the numbers show. But Jonathan, what was what was your big moment? Uh, bag. I'm all about that ACDC bag. I think it leans more ninety nine than ninety seven because it didn't put me to sleep at all. Um, it's a wild upbeat major key dance party and a good fucking time love that acdc bag as rest tab said the bag jam was so love awesome the just about the same length yeah right i love how you get a dig in for 97 there uh thinking we're not going to notice it uh it didn't feel like it was cut short like the philly version you know I, i've seen some slack towards the philly version I, I liked that version maybe i was just super excited by the fact that they're exploring acdc bag again but last night felt like the like a freeing it felt like a version that could go 18 20 minutes it doesn't have to but like it felt like they had yeah, they were getting their sea legs flown. in philly yeah. they were getting their sea legs it is, with it in philly i mean Absolutely. it's you know it's it's been one of the most reliable openers right of of all time and like Ever. So to, to see it come back and like kind of start to make its way back with i mean they just go they went outside of the structure you know like much more quickly than the the philly version i think and yeah and it's just it's cool to see that it's back for sure yeah i was in the middle of serving my family dinner at that point in time which involved getting the dogs away from the steak and getting my daughter's steak cut up as small as possible so that an 18 month old could get it my son almost lost a tooth by biting into a corner of the cob so i was like hearing this music and i was like can you all just like take it down a couple notches so I can focus on an ACDC bag type two gem. And they were like, no, we can't. And I was like, okay, I'll have to listen back later. And when I listened back, I was I like, that steak. was as brilliant as I thought it was. Yeah. They were like, I want food right now. Um, anyone else have any final thoughts about set one? I, personally bag was my highlight. And I thought that this was uh, the strongest, if not one of two strongest uh, set yeah. ones of the overall summer tour. This, I just, I loved it so much. Um, I wanted to chime in about the Mike song. So I do, I was, but I do agree with Jonathan. 555 is like a, a nice groove. It's it's acceptable, right? But like Sugar Shack, like when people were doing the whole like, oh, is Trey going to play Sugar Shack thing, right? Like if Trey plays Sugar Shack perfectly or if they all fart into the microphones for five minutes, it's about the same, right? Just like five minutes of time that it's fine. Like that's, it's going to be fine. There's, gonna, there's another two hours and 55 minutes of music. Right, like um, it's just like does it's fine, it's not bad, right? There's there's good songs and bad songs, certain fish concerts, high high moments and low moments. But Mall, I really, I you know, it, it's it's really fit in well. So I think it's um, I don't know what Mike did, but it does seem like a step up. I agree with Kevin. The victim was a good tune too. Yarmouth Road, no, but um, you know, I mean, it, it's he. Sometimes Mike I, tries to Mike tries to write songs outside. Mike tries to write songs outside of his voice range sometimes. He doesn't in the right mm -hmm. key. But he's trying, and maybe it's a breakthrough, just like with Wave of Hope, as you said, Kevin. I hadn't thought about that, about the lyrical structure with Wave of Hope, but that's a really good point. So yeah, there's more more, more like Mo coming from Mike, because I know he's going to keep I trying. Always, 
I always thought Sugar Shack had a, a potential that it just has never reached on the fish stage. And Trey being able to play it right is part of that, but that's not the only thing. It's a complicated song with all these parts moving kind of against each other. And when it, if it worked right, I think it would be pretty cool and somewhat psychedelic. Uh, but I think you got to go to a Mike Gordon band show for that. Yeah, I would rather they practice foam than sugar shack. That's my. I'm with you. I think it's a fair point as well about like, you know, a lot of these songs that they bring to the table. There's a lot of tray like tab songs that you just don't hear at fish shows because they just don't totally work. It's it's amazing that a song like Mister Completely works within the context of fish without the horns, without like that driving Russ Lawton beat, uh, drum drum beat. Um, you know, it might seem Mike Band like you hear those songs in their most pristine and most exploratory way. I will just point listeners to the twelve thirty sixteen version of Sugar Shack, which Trey nails the solo, and the crowd gave him like golf claps at the end of it because people are like, "Okay, Prouty, thank you very much. Thanks for playing that." Um, all right, let's jump you did into your job. Our- you did it you did it uh let's jump into our set break segment which is brought to us by our wonderful friends at sunset lake cbd megan you always do such a good job telling us about sunset lake cbd would you mind telling us uh telling the people about our good friends at sunset lake leading with charm i like it brian sunset lake cbd's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or the young fish fan anybody Searching for a mellow body high. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis, but without the paranoid and anxious side effects. They've got nine different strains this year's harvest, so there's something for everyone. Hawaiian Haze is awesome for an outdoor show, and Cherry Abacus is the best for the end of the night. All the flour is grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. And even better, their farm-to-table approach gets you really great pricing because they're shipping their product directly from their farm to your door. I would highly recommend this is like the perfect thing to recover. We've been talking about recovery after fish shows. This is the way to do it because you get home and you want to just chill out and start to feel better. You know, back in the old days, you'd smoke a bunch of THC cannabis and like feel better for sure, but also be like super high and not be able to like function with your family. So now you can just smoke CBD, Sunset Lake CBD, in fact, and feel great and get that like mellow body relaxation that you need after going hard on fish tour. So that's what I've been doing. You should too. Check them out, sunsetlakecbd.com and use the coupon code HFPOD and you're going to get 20% off all your products. That's Sunset Lake CBD, farmer owned and Vermont grown. And with that, we ask our three attendees from the show last night. RJ, starting with you, you're in the pit. You have to make the decision. Am I going to go and take care of everything I need to take care of? Chicken fingers, beer, relieving oneself, or am I just going to hang out in the pit and, you know, just deal with it for the remainder of the show? How was your set break last night? It was great. It was great. Actually, the the crowd kind of like thinned out quite a bit during set break. So I just hung out. Um, I was not drinking beer last night because I had to drive. So I skipped that part, but I did. One of my friends gave me a wristband to the, that special bathroom, um, which was like, it was all the way, we were like Mike's side, you know, up close. And I had to come out of the pit, go all the way around the pavilion and then go up a flight of stairs. But it was still easier than waiting in line for the bathroom because it was like <laughs> empty 
And so I did that, you know, a few times. I did it at the end of set break, and it was to, uh, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Uh, it was really great. Um, That's but it a was good great. Hiccup. <laughs> yeah, the the pit, the vibes were great down there. I mean, it, it is a little bit intimidating to go down into the pit and like spend, you know, an hour before, like we were, I was saying earlier. But um, it was it was it was very very cool. Um, also, my friend. Just a quick side side story. My friend Jason, who I've known since we we were like two years old, he called me last week. He's like, "I'm coming to I'm coming to Merriweather. I bought some tickets off Cash or Trade. Can you go to downtown Philly and meet this guy because he wants to meet in person?" So I stopped there on my way out of town to go to Raleigh and like pulled up outside the Phillies baseball stadium, and this guy came out and gave me the tickets. And then it turned out that Jason didn't need that ticket, so I posted on Twitter yesterday and one of our listeners tagged a friend who sent me a DM and said like, he's, he's had like really bad, really just like a really bad four months. Like he lost a child. He's had like, just like a lot of really bad stuff happened to him. And he's been trying to like get the energy to, to go to a show again. And he was going to go to Bethel and couldn't make it and et cetera. And so I got him a ticket in the pit and he ended up on the rail and he, he was texting me and he just like, so he had a great time and it was like much needed for him. And sometimes like all the work we do to get tickets and sell tickets and then you trade tickets and, you know, like it all works out, you know, and everyone typically has a good time except for the section, except for the seat 18 guy, but it all otherwise was, was great. So thanks. I just wanted to share that real quick. Seat 18 guy, if you want to come on and defend yourself in any sort of way, I'm sure that you, you know, are a nice guy outside of seat 18. No. I'm sure. No, 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 no. Let's do like crossfire, crossfire, but Brian can moderate between Patrick and, yes. and that guy. It was funny because after the show ended, right, I was, we were letting the crowd, you know, go and my friends were coming up from the pit. And so, you know, they had just gotten up and were talking letting everything settle and the guy walks, walks to go out. I'm like, oh, have a great night, man. You know, like, I'm just like, even if he's like, I'm just gonna be nice. And apparently, he must have looked like someone killed his dog or something like that. Cause my, he leaves and my friends start laughing. They're like, what's up with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, poor guy. It, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I, I can share my. Useful. It's like so easy to just not be an asshole. I'll share my Phoenix experience in uh, the roundtable edition of HF Pod uh, that will be going on at five o'clock, where we share the troubling experiences that happened to us at concerts. I can also share my Game Five of the 2017 NLDS experience, where I was called some vile names, and then the Cubs beat the Nationals, and I turned around, shook the guy's hand, and I said, "Have a good one," and he started crying. Um, Patrick, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> this, is this is a trick that RJ actually taught me. Anytime when someone's pissed off at you, just be as nice to them as possible. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. You have no anger in you, and like it pisses them off more, right, if we're like actually doing a nice thing here. So that's, that's always the move. This is, this is what RJ tries to do every time we, try, we get into an argument about, uh, about fish. He's, just, he's super nice. I'm like, fine, you're right. Um, Patrick, aside from seat 18, how, how was your set break experience overall? And so I just um, so I ended up in seat 18 through what RJ's talking about, right? Like the ticket wheelings and dealings. I won't bore anyone with the stories, but I ended up next to um, one a lovely friend of mine from when I spent time in West Virginia, um, and you know I hadn't seen her since before COVID. And I'd actually I actually had an extra ticket and posted to Facebook like, "Hey, does anybody want to hang out with me on Sunday?" 
And she was like, well, I have an extra ticket too, like in the dead center, 15th row. And I was like, let's go to your tickets. I'll sell these tickets. Um, and so that all worked out really well. So we just caught up the whole set break, um, which was, again, made this thing even funnier because I was sitting my ass in seat 18 for the entire set break talking to my friend. And then like dude comes back from getting his beers or doing his Coke or whatever the Whatever he had to do as the center of his universe. Um, and then it's like, you know, get out of CZT. What are you doing? Just relax. <laughs> Catching up at set break is always a good thing. Yeah, it was nice. So it was good. She's, um, yeah, it was really nice to, to catch up with old friends. So that was a nice set break. And that's what I've done for Bethel too. Like, you know, I, I, I usually just stay there at set break because everything else yeah. is so chaotic. And so if I have someone nice to chat with or something like that. So it was very chill, very nice set break. <clears throat> That's awesome. Kevin, how about you? Were you, you were out on the lawn, correct? Yes, yes. I'll give you a pro tip about Merriweather. Go all the way stage right, and there's bathrooms, and there'll be long line for the men's room, nothing for the women's room, but on the back side of the building are two family bathrooms that there's never any line for. There's two or three people, so there's your pro tip. Um, I just stood there in the rain with everybody else, and took a bad habit of smoking a cigarette with someone and drinking a Bud Light black cherry seltzer or something nastiness. It was great. I loved it. We had a friend of mine from Canada that I met on Twitter over quarantine, finally got out of Canada and got to come down and see his shows. So can't beat that. Can't beat that. It's always so great to, to uh, catch up and, uh, and hang out with, with good old friends during set break. I mean, once again, thank Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this segment of the show. Let's jump in here to set two. There's a lot to dive into on this set. Um, we began with Haley's Comet, which went into Tweezer, which went into Wingsuit, back into Tweezer, into Birds of a Feather, Joy, Taste, What's the Use? And then we ended with a howling into Say It to Me Santos before an encore of Show of Life where we all got reflective and we all got sappy and loving and wanted to hug our friends because it just means so much before we're going into Loving Cup and Tweez Reprise closing out the weekend at Merriweather. Um, Jonathan, from the couch, what did this second set sound like to you and what what were your big highlights? There we go. Living on mute. Uh, it was a great set. Um, I thought the <laughs> I had a good laugh uh, for the benefit of the YouTube only first song fans who were uh, watching the Haley's Comet and thinking, "Oh, here we go!" And then blip, uh, tweezer drops, and what a tweezer! And that is my highlight. This tweezer, really tweezer into wingsuit. It is amazing. Um, there's like multiple very pleasant and wonderful jams in this tweezer there's this one segment i'm gonna say 14 minutes but don't quote me um that sounds like i think i sent you guys a text with a you know an image of like an army of robots marching and that's just kind of what it sounded like to me uh it just just great like synth sounds but all very uh synchronized and very locked in and uh and then Trey tries to bring it back to Tweezer, and he—I think he was the only one who wanted to go back to Tweezer at first. They all followed him, though, and then they had to. Well, it's Trey. Yeah, they didn't have a choice. And then wingsuit and gorgeous wingsuit. Before you go into the wingsuit, that—that what you were talking about in like the fourteen minutes, there was like a tempo battle 
Yeah. And there was yeah. like, and I couldn't tell, like I said to you guys earlier, it looked from where I was like, everyone was confused about what was happening, but it like worked <laughs> out. But it was like, I think Trey was like speeding it up to try to keep up with Fishman. And then Mike was like, I better speed up too. And then suddenly it's like a huge full band. Everyone's like playing as fast as they can. And then they kind of slowed back down. But like that part was really strange. It's intense, really intense and uh, just top quality stuff. And that is what I'm here for. It reminded me of that segment of the uh, Nashville 2018 ghost, which just sounds like Trey and Mike are in this battle over like what direction we're going in, but it's like a good battle. It's kind of like, they're just like one upping each other back and forth. And it felt as though the band was kind of like exploring new terrain, also kind of confused, also trying to figure out like where everyone's going, but it like all somehow worked in a really demented way that I I really enjoyed. Um, Demented is a good word. Some of my favorite jams seem to be in the demented zone. I really liked that set your soul free from Bethel for a very, very similar reason. Um, RJ, you were, you were at this show as we've discussed, you're in the pit. Um, tell me what your thoughts were on set two and, and what your highlight was. Yeah. I mean, I think when you, the, the Haley's were my, I guess, second Haley's and second tweezer in like, you know, 10 days or something, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I think once the Haley, it was clear that the Haley's wasn't going to like go into that other gear, you know, like it sort of like it did at, 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 um, the man. So I don't know, kind of just like new tweezer was coming, you know, and everyone was ready and, um, it was great. It was, it's just, it's the best, it's the best thing that can happen at a show in my opinion. So I'm just like, just happy to be a part of it. I, I love the, the wingsuit landing is great. We've talked about this a bunch. Like I like the, I like the the landing from a big jam. I mean, I love the the lonely trip, new kind of like placement of a breather, like the taking the place of a life boy or something like that. But the wingsuit was a was a good call. And then back in a tweezer, you know, I kind of thought we were gonna get they were they're gonna keep doing it. But I think it's actually better that it wasn't it wasn't just like every song was focused on going back in a tweezer. Um, so I, I kind of I don't know. I think the rest of the set worked, you know. Um, I do think Saturday and Sunday, just real quick, Saturday and Sunday, both like the last quarter of the show was sort of like a little bit like there were, they didn't really go to like a big place either night. I was kind of expecting a hood last night or you enjoy myself or something. And, um, I don't know that that was just sort of interesting. I'm not sure if you guys agree, Kevin, I saw you, saw you nodding, but I'm, I don't know if you, Uh, I I don't know. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you that it, it seemed like the last quarter of the show that they haven't figured that out. They figured out the whole first set. They figured out the first half of the second set. And then from joy on, it was like kind of, you know, back and forth. The simple last night was six minutes. They bailed on it, you know, and maybe it's Merriweather. I have this theory about Merriweather that it has such a hard 11 o'clock cutoff that Trey gets scared and cuts the set shorter. <laughs> That's why you get those long encores sometimes. It's an interesting point. That like he's almost thinking about the curfews coming, so let's not get too deep. Let's like keep moving until we're done. Yeah, I wholeheartedly yeah, I agree on the fourth quarter thing. Um it was you know, just a lot of songs. And the simple, like I love simple as RJ knows it's one of my favorite songs. And I was like, yes, like here we go. Like It'd be RJ. Can you send um, Trey a message? Tell him it's fine if they just played simple and just like close that set with simple, 
<laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Put in there. I'll put it in the mail today. Send a telegram. They'll get there before dicks. We know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not really sure what it could have been. I mean, I guess what's the use was the sort of big thing, which I'm not the. It, what's use is fine. You know, I don't like revere it. I know. I'm sorry, Megan. I don't revere it as much as some people do. I think probably because they play it more. You know, I think when they played it less. Totally. It, yeah, it's coming back a lot more now. Yeah, but everyone I was, including, uh, he would have actually seat 19, I think, including seat 19. Uh, everybody was, uh, <laughs> seats 19 and 20, but like, yeah. they thought they had, they thought they had 19 through 24, but they actually just had 19 and 20. <laughs> that must have been a shock to them when they showed up. <laughs> but everyone was like into howling. Uh, so I got some good howls in. So I think that sort of started in Delfest when Trey played there in like 2013 or something like that. So there's a sand at Delfest, which I that was right by where I, where I used to live. So I always went to Delfest, especially when Trey played. Super chill festival. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of bluegrass, but it's super chill. Um, but everybody started howling. It was a full moon that night. And during like a sand or something like that, everyone started howling. And then they did it at the Gorge that year too, I think. And Zero, I think. you know that it happened at Delfest or something. So I sort of think that's where that whole howling thing came from. So I I'm not a usual you know I'm not usually a howler or a wooer <laughs> or anything like that. But last night I let myself be a howler. Um, so yes, <laughs> yeah. so that was good. And Santos is always fun, as you know. I know you have that story of seeing it when it debuted with your dad. It's you know it you can't not like it, right? It's a very powerful powerful rock song. I think the points you're making overall, though, like I was thinking about this the last two nights. They're they're really prescient. And I think that like, you know, the Raleigh show to me from home started a little bit slow and there were some cool moments. I thought the steam stash steam was really cool, but it felt like they were kind of like just easing their way into the show. And then Rise starts and I don't think anybody expected that song to jam. It just felt like, all right, we're getting another song midway through set one. We'll see what happens after this. And then that turns into this like blow everything out highlight. And the remainder of the Raleigh show, I thought flowed really well. I thought the second set was a complete package of music. Everything really made sense. Even song selections where I was like, I would have put a different song here upon re-listen. I was like, this is just one fluid, complete package. The opposite of that seemed to happen in Merriweather, where both first sets from the start were just events and were just moments. And they just, uh, you text us last night, RJ, like during Wave of Hope, that you are, and I'm going to quote you properly you're not an intentional, you don't think that Fish thinks intentionally about this, but you think that the Wave of Hope meant something. And I agree. I, I am the person who tries to think uh, intentionally with all of this. Um, I think that they came out with a ton of energy, brought it into both third quarters in the first part of the second set. Um, for those who who don't apply the sports analogy to this all, and that somewhere in there, maybe maybe it's the curfew. Maybe it was just a sense of like, hey, we haven't played some of these songs. Let's just play this one. Okay, it's not going anywhere immediately. Let's play another one. Okay, it's not going anywhere immediately. And so you got a lot of like song, song, song to end the second set, which personally speaking is not my favorite way to listen to fish. It usually results in me picking out a highlight, not listening to a complete set. I'd rather listen to a complete set. For me, it was right around when birds went into joy. 
that birds, they, they, they smacked into birds so aggressively. And you could see Trey, I don't know if you guys caught it in the venue, but he turned around to Fishman and gave him a fist pump. Like we nailed that, like that transition from tweezer to birds and then birds. It's like just shy of 10 minutes. It's got some really cool moments where it's about to take off and it's kind of getting exploratory. And when they went into joy, it's then like either you make the right song call and we end the set with one big song, like a hood or like a yem, or you're kind of searching with taste. What's the use starts to feel a little bit like we, we know where this set is going, even though I think like at this point in time, they love that magic trick of be- being able to bring that song down to silence and all these different venues. And I don't think they'd played it in that manner in, in MPP and, at all since they really started bringing it down to complete silence. So that's got to be really fun for them. But then Howling Santos, you're just, it's, it's a rock, like, you know, it, it's like a seventies arena rock moment where it, there's not a ton of significance. It's just really fun. I yeah. don't know why, but I think, sorry, RJ, I think this set really hit me hard at home listening back. It just, I think it was because this tweezer into wingsuit is, is so beautiful. I mean, the middle section of this tweezer is like a composed song. It's, it's really sweeping. It's like cinematic. And then like you all are saying, it ends in this like evil video game laser synths and these like really crunchy sounds that I've never heard them play before. And then into this absolutely just stunning wingsuit, which I don't know if I'm just like tired from my week at fish tour and feeling like really like blissed out and full of gratitude, but I was really just struck by how incredible the music can be from this band and just feeling like parts of this set were just really inspired. And I thought it was beautiful. I love the end of the set. I thought, what's the use into the howling? What's the use? One of my favorite all time songs by fish and the howling is my favorite sci-fi soldier song. It's just fucking rocks. That song is so much fun to dance to. Like if you like to dance, that song is made for you. And then Santos is like the best set closer. It's so triumphant and arena rockish. And I liked it. I see what you're saying, but I thought, I don't know why. I just really love this whole set. It's the beauty of this all is that nobody is right. Everybody is wrong, but everybody is right. And everybody's wrong all the time. <laughs> I was, I think Kevin's onto something with the curfew thing. Cause like I, Makes I sense. told you guys, I had to drive home after the show and I, I left during the howling and I, I was not smart. I mean, I, I had to do it cause I had to drive two hours, but, um, I also got lost on my way back to the parking garage, completely sober. I went to the wrong oh, parking no. garage, and I was like, "Oh God, oh, fuck, this is the wrong garage." And then I was like walking, and I'm like, "If I'm if they if everyone else beats me out of here, I'm gonna be so really, mad. really mad." <laughs> but I was, I mean, I was expecting like a hood or you enjoy myself yeah. or something. But I guess the reason I brought up leaving early is like because I kept looking at the clock too, you know, and like if you're if you know that you're up against mm-hmm. something, maybe it maybe it changes the the calculus a little bit in terms of what songs you choose, you know? Um, Trey knows that that drive across the Appalachian mountains is not going to be easy for the, for the crew. And the crew. It's, it's a, it's a tough drive through Pennsylvania. It's a lot of Pennsylvania with some, uh, mountainside rest, uh, rest stops. I've done that drive many times and then you get in Ohio and that's a whole different story, but we won't go there because we have a native Ohio in here. Um, <laughs> Kevin, any, any big highlights for you? Any, any, any last thoughts about set two? I, I thought the Howling Santos was fun. I'm with Megan. I like the big arena rock. I have no issue with that. And uh, I'm just wondering when ha- people howling is going to face a backlash like Woo 
Nightwing has, which <laughs> I see happening somewhere down the line. There'll be no howling groups. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really have no complaints. It, 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 it is just the stops and starts, though, it is my whole thing with it. I want them to play, you know, the whole time. Don't stop. Find your way into each song. Even if it's awkward, find it. Try to make mm. it happen. Yeah, rather than like a song starts, a song finishes, like just like have constant segues. Yeah, and I think it's easy in retrospect, right? So like at the time, like I'm howling. I would say, Kevin, Trey was encouraging the howling, right? Did you like – Trey was definitely like yeah, – Oh, he yeah, loves yeah. it. He loves it. Oh, I'm pro-woo. He loves the woos too. I am pro-woo, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what gets me about all this stuff, right? Like other than what I said earlier, like don't be an asshole to people. But like it's a rock concert. Like you can yell. You can like – it's not the, it's not a concert recital. It's not like concert pianist like Beethoven, right? Like we can howl. We can woo. We can, you know, do whatever. Just be nice to everyone around you while you're doing that. Um but I think it's it's also – so for me, like – and RJ and I talk about this a lot. Like, in the moment, I'm just, like, in the moment, right? Like, I had fantastic seats last night, like, dead center. I didn't take many pictures or anything like that because I was like, just enjoy this. Like, your phone can't capture, like, how awesome. Like, the light show, which we haven't mentioned, is just so phenomenal. It's so yeah. cool to be up there. I mentioned on one of um, Megan's Instagrams, like, they do this thing that I call the Millennium Falcon – it really looks to me like yes. you're in the Millennium Falcon with Han and Chewie and Luke and going into hyperspace. And it's like, it's like if you – six-year-old me, this would have been the coolest thing I could have ever thought of as six-year-old <laughs> in this video game. So in the moment, all that stuff is so fun, right? They're all rockers, like Kevin's saying. They're all like these 70s rockers. And then you go back and like look and you're like, oh, they could have done Hood here or whatever, which like, of course they could. But I think that this is also part of the experimentation that has set starting with Sand First Tube is also trying not to lean on like, okay, it's Hood here. Okay, it's Jem here. Okay, again. That's a really good point. I agree. Yeah, like the, not the paint by numbers. So we'll see where they get exactly. But yeah, for me, the way I perceive shows and the way I do all this is like Bethel 1, if you look back at it, that's just like a song fest, right? It's just song, mm -hmm. song, 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 song. Fucking loved it at the time because I love all those songs, right? So like, I just like got. I don't know what seat I was in then. I had super cool neighbors in Bethel. That was like the my, my neighbors in Bethel. We that's not true. We had a yip yip look behind us. Um, we called them yip yip. yip, yip. Also, don't do this. So like every sh like it wasn't just like wooing. I, of course, I said like you can woo, but it was like you know things would happen. They peak a jam. Yip Bro, nobody paid a hundred dollars to hear you do that. Like, like very impressive. Maybe like go to an open mic and like show everybody how you can be but like I would prefer that you not do that right now. But again, I just I let it pass. Like if you're at a show, like things like that are gonna happen. You have to just deal with it and let it pass. Um but yeah, I think at the time, right, like we can be like, Oh, why did Trey play Santos? But or like why did Trey play zero? Well, Trey played Zero or Santos because all of a sudden 20,000 people were jumping up and down going like this, right? And so I think they're playing around with that, and um, I really enjoyed it at the time. I guess we'll see where it leads, but it's definitely you know non-traditional, which – and stop, I'll stop right now, I promise. But 40 years in, not just playing M right there or not just playing Hood right there and being like, oh, we're going to do this thing where we howl. And like talk about this like fake, and then like a song from like a fake band we made up. 
like that's that's why we like this band, right? They're 40 years in, they're still doing stuff like that. So again, as with Maul, yeah. and as with like, you know, hopefully Mike hits another home run um, as he keeps trying after Maul, I think they're still searching, which is why I like it. I think that that point about them not leaning on the typical song selection is a really, really good one. And I think it's something to keep in mind. Like that was to me, the biggest appeal to fall 2021. Like I I saw slave to the traffic light in the first set twice in a row. And I was like, this is not a mid first set song. What is it doing here? This is amazing. It was, it was the coolest thing. It changed your perspective on the show. And I think they're still doing that. Like you could very easily throw a hood every four or five five shows to end set two and everyone who's in the venue and everyone who's watching at home gets that like bubbly feeling of oh my god it's all good everything's good but like they've been doing that for 30 plus years and it's time i was thinking about it last night like how interesting it has to be to bring someone to a fish show who saw fish like in the 90s and bring them to a fish show today if they've like not kept up with the evolution of the band because you're really walking into a totally different band. It's a different like, band. It's a different band. Totally different. And it's the, the conversations around like most classic rock acts is why are you playing your new songs when I see you live? I want to hear your hits from the 1970s and 1980s. And Fish playing Tweezer is like really the them playing a hit song. But so many of the highlights from last night and from so much of this tour come from songs that were written in the last four years when the band – would be understandable for choosing to just put it in cruise control and just let everyone pay their hundred dollars to come and see them and have a good time. We're just going to give you the same type of show we've given you over the last 30 years. They're like trying new things that succeed sometimes in a really cool way. Rise come together jamming at the end of the first set in Raleigh and sometimes don't work out as well. Pick your moment that didn't appeal to you. The, that, that constant journey towards what is, what is next for this band is what always defines them and is what keeps us all coming back, I think. Um, so I agree, Brian. And I actually did that on Saturday. I brought a friend who his last show was Super Bowl. Uh, wow. Yeah. And so, like, amazing guy, RJ Madden. He's a very, very good friend of mine. You would not peg him as a fish fan. Um, he did not wear a cardigan to the fish concert, but he did wear a polo shirt. I thought there was a 50 50 chance of a cardigan, but um, he's just that kind of guy. Um, a fantastic guy, a really good piano player. Um, and he was just like, like three songs in, he was like, okay, I got my money's worth. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm that's good. It. Yeah. But it's, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. They've, they've definitely evolved. <clears throat> they have. And they keep doing it. They keep challenging us. It's awesome. Um, Patrick, Kevin, any last thoughts that you guys have on, uh, the show here from, from Meriwether where the band is at in this summer tour? Can I just say that Mike was evil on the tweezer reprise? He dropped these couple bass notes that vibrated the whole building, the whole venue. His farts are yeah. really potent these days. He uh, he's really uh, that's that's you know those those deep the deep like synth uh, the deep synth things I think are are. Uh, he's really got it working because I think he was struggling with that. I think he put it on like his Instagram. I think he was on social media. Like, I just can't get the bass to quite sound right. I think maybe last last summer tour. Um, and I think he's he really, sounded noticeably louder all tour, which has been yeah. really cool. He's really dialed it in. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, my parting thought is just please stay out of C eighteen. That one's mine. You can go to any of the other ones. Just please. I just like to be in C eighteen. That's all. 
I love it. You guys are so much fun to talk fish with. Thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, please get some rest, especially ahead of flying to <clears throat> Florida tomorrow, Patrick. I hope that you're oh. able to get cleansed in the Gulf of Mexico. And we will see you guys both a little bit further down the road. Awesome. It's always a pleasure, guys. Thanks thank so you, much. Brian. Thank, thank you, Brian, for coming and uh, taking care of us over the weekend on the After Fish After Show. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. We'll talk with you guys here soon. All right. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. All right. RJ, any last thoughts that you have after after hanging out in the southeast this weekend and uh, seeing some fish? We actually – we we have to do one more thing. I just realized this. Um, Patrick, we're going to bring you back on for this. I'm so sorry. We have one more thing that we need to do. Oh, good. We cannot get away without doing it. So imagine, Kevin, I'm sorry that we we left you here. We were not trying to get you away for this. So imagine it is the summer of 2027. What is the moment from this show that we're going to listen to? This segment is brought to us by our good friends over at Free. This is the lasting highlight of the show. Fans for Racial Equity seeks to build an anti-racist live music scene and promote liberation through racial equity in the world at large by activating the collective power of our community, by facilitating thoughtful engagement around race and its intersection with other issues, free empowers fans to challenge discrimination and systemic oppression wherever they see it. To get involved in Free's education, outreach, and community partnership programs, sign up to volunteer. You can see it on the screen here at fansforracialequity.org, or you can share in the groove with Free during the uh, at the Free table. Excuse me, during a show, they're going to be at every venue throughout this summer. Patrick, holding with you here. What what is the moment we're going back to in five years? Well, my license plate says Tweezer, so I think I have to go with Tweezer. Um, if I, if I can, you know, my extended answer I think would be mall through birds of a feather. Um, I think was all fantastic A plus, but my pick five was tweezer, 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 and tweezer reprise. So it's three for five. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that the tweezer is fantastic and everything you all mentioned about it earlier. It's really interesting tweezer. I can't wait to, to listen to it some more. Love it. RJ, how about you? What is your lasting highlight of the show? I think it's um, well. The moment I wonder. We don't really have any parameters around the around the highlight, right? It can be anything. It can be, it can be any stuff. amount of time. You can do whatever you want. I mean, I just think the tweezer into wingsuit back into tweezer is just fantastic. I love the wingsuit placement and the jam and tweezer was great. This is a definitely like a, a every tweezer in the, that I've seen live in the past several years pretty much everyone is awesome so i'm gonna go back to this one like i'll go back to the other i don't know 20 or something all the success that they're having jamming new songs tweezer is just it's truly the overliable i I saw um our our good friend mike mike low mike low pt uh on twitter when they started tweezer he just tweeted out hello old friend and it's just this idea that so like, when that song emerges you're just like we're all here hanging out with tweezer again it somehow it just exists within the the fish repertoire is like the old reliable meg what about you what was your what's your lasting highlight from this show yeah it's the tweezer suit first one and just gorgeous way to drop out of tweezer perfect the tweezer suit. I like that. It's like you're putting on a tweezer. Um, I, I, 
I think I'm going with Mole just because I, I don't know how much further that song can go. I'd be really excited to hear them like come out and open up set two with that song. But if that is like the peak mm. that we're going to get out of that song, it's we're we're, we're in. It, it's going to provide some really awesome listening back. Awesome. Well, thank you all once again. We will be back Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Ooh. Wednesday. We have a stacked lineup of people who are going to be hanging out with us to recap the Blossom and Pine Knob shows. Midwest Fish. It's my kind of fish. I know that they're yeah. from the Northeast. I know that they love playing out here in Denver, Colorado. I can't wait for that. But Midwest Fish, man. There's some great stuff from the Midwest. We'll be seeing them at Blossom as well as Pine Knob. Uh, we have a ton of people who are going to be on tap for that. So much so that I think we're going to have to do another episode at the end of this week. Stay tuned for more details around that. Thank you all for hanging with us. Keep tagging us and Passion House Coffee whenever you hear Ocean Songs. And we will be back tomorrow noon for the live show, which is going to announce our AC winners. So tune into that on Osiris Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We'll be back with this show on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern to recap Blossom's single night show from the overall uh, summer tour. Very, very excited about it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks all for your comments, for hanging with us. We'll see you all a little bit further down the road. Congrats on staying married, everybody. Keep it up. Hi listeners, I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi. 
This is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.